Hello? Anybody home? Today, I want you to open your mind. I've almost come to the conclusion that the story is so damning that the mass of people can't deal with it. We are in process of developing a whole series of techniques to get people actually to love their servitude. We face a hostile ideology, global in scope, atheistic in character, ruthless in purpose and insidious in method. Well, we are opposed around the world by a monolithic and ruthless conspiracy that relies primarily on covet means for expanding its sphere of influence. To change the minds and the attitudes and the beliefs of the people of the world, and especially the United States, to bring about one world socialist totalitarian government. The potential for the disastrous rise of misplaced power exists and will persist. It has patterned itself after every dictator who has ever planted the ripping imprint of a boot on the pages of history since the beginning of time. If you can get people to consent to the state of affairs in which they are living, then you have a much more easily controllable society than you would if you were relying wholly on clubs and firing squads and concentration camps. Tools of conquest do not necessarily come with bombs and explosions and fallout. There are weapons that are simply thoughts, attitudes, prejudices, to be found only in the minds of men. The military-industrial complex not only controls our government, but they control our culture. As you connect the dots between different people, organizations, places, religions, history, suddenly the picture starts to form. If you don't connect the dots, it's just a mass of what's all this about. The kingdom of God is within man, not one man, nor a group of men, but in all men, in you. You, the people, have the power to make this life free and beautiful, to make this life a wonderful adventure. Someone born in the United States is not more special than someone born in Mexico. Someone who is white is not more special than someone who is black. They're just vehicles for the consciousness to experience. Brutes have risen to power, but they lie. They do not fulfill their promise. They never will. Dictators free themselves, but they enslave the people. War is peace. Freedom is slavery. Ignorance is strength. They do not want your children to be educated. They do not want you to think too much. It was learned that the aliens had men and were then manipulating masses of people through secret societies, witchcraft, magic, the occult, and religion. They reach into our children in music, television, books. Pray on children's innocence. How can I disprove lies that are stamped with an official seal? So if you have the opportunity to stand next to one of these machines, it feels like an altar to an alien god. The Army Air Forces has announced that a flying disc has been found and is now in the possession of the Army. You can deny all the things I've seen, all the things I've discovered, but not for much longer, because too many others know what's happening out there. And no one, no government agency has jurisdiction over the truth. Any state, any entity, any ideology that fails to recognize the worth, the dignity, the rights of man, that state is obsolete. A case to be filed under M for Mankind in the Twilight Zone. It's about time some of you got acquainted with the real hard truth. 
Freedom is the privilege to be right. Freedom from the disasters of our mistakes. It's the heart that says, I will not acquiesce. Across the gulf of space, intellects, vast and cool and unsympathetic, regarded our planet with envious eyes. Each of us, when separated, is always looking for our other half. And the desire and the pursuit of the whole is called love. Heart perception will change everything. Welcome to the Secret Teachings radio broadcast. I'm your host, Ryan Gable. Thank you for joining us this morning, this afternoon, tonight, whenever and wherever you are listening around the world as we broadcast on the Fringe FM, TalkStream Live, and the Paranormal Radio app with our full show archive to listen to through streaming or to download on the website at www.thesecretteachings.info. That's www.thesecretteachings.info. If you missed any of our previous broadcasts, this week's shows or last week's shows, you can go to the website and you can subscribe to the archive. When you subscribe to the archive, you get access to all the shows, all the montages, and all of my digital books. You can also buy the books separately on the website. Those books are Occult Arcana, a massive 500-plus page book on the esoteric and the occult. My book, Food Philosophy, which takes you through the food industry, looks at alternative explanations for disease and explores geoengineering. And the Technological Elixir, which was a standalone book, but now it has turned into something more linking both of those other books with it, looking at everything from artificial intelligence to UFOs, UFO cults, New Age cults, mind control, and a number of other things. That's the technological elixir. And here's a cool new thing we have for the show. If you go to Patreon, a lot of people like to use Patreon and other services now. We have a $5 behind-the-scenes video patron support tier, but we also have an archive bundle tier where you get for $15 a month access to the archive, the montages, the digital books, and you get a free copy of either Food Philosophy or the Technological Elixir, plus you get all the digital copies as part of your monthly support through patron, uh, Patreon as a patron. Just check it out on Patreon, that's The Secret Teachings, or it is on our website at www.thesecretteachings.info. And another big shout-out to all who have supported our Affiliate Pro One water filters. We sold several water filters last month, last few weeks, and that has unexpectedly given us a very nice boost. We made about $100 over the last month in water filters, which is a lot considering we only get a small percentage of what they sell through the link on our website. You can see it on thesecretteachings.info, Pro One Water Filters, and they actually have 25% off now, so you save even more money. 25% off now, Pro One Water Filters. Thank you. And thank you to everyone who has not only subscribed or bought a book, but who has donated to the Escape from New York Fund 
to move the studio down to the southwest into Arizona. I named some of the people who have donated earlier this week. I'll name them again. Scott Jones, Colin Ingersoll, Mark S., Kyle Sanders, Barry Good, Herbert Johnson, Jacob Atkinson, and Ben DeForge. Uh, A couple of others probably have come in. I just haven't seen them yet. Uh, Jacob Atkinson was very generous. Not only did he donate to the show, but Jacob also purchased two sets of the books, one for himself and one for his brother. And uh, when people do stuff like that, I threw in a couple of extra copies to give out as gifts, totally free as well. Thank you, Jacob Atkinson, and everybody who donated to the Escape from New York Fund. You can do that through PayPal, rdgable at yahoo.com. That's quite enough plugging, but I wanted to thank everybody, and I wanted to let you guys know what's going on with the back end of the show, www.thesecretteachings.info, and if you'd like to contact us, rdgable at yahoo.com. Speaking of that Escape from New York Fund, Moving down to the Southwest or moving anywhere, you know, can be really difficult, especially if you're moving across the country and you can't go see some of the places that you're looking at. So we've been looking at houses, duplexes, townhomes, and it's not so much, in my view, that finding a place is difficult. It's finding a place that fits your personality. And I don't mean the looks and the layout of the property. I mean from a financial angle. And I don't mean from a money angle. I mean from a financial angle, from a credit angle. You know, everybody wants you to have a certain kind of credit and they don't want to take cash. They want everything done by card and a drop of blood and a DNA sample. And it's pretty much like this, you know, wherever you are, if you live, of course, out of state and you're trying to move somewhere, that's a little more difficult than if you lived, you know, in the city and you could go look at those properties but I'm the kind of person who I don't really use banks. I have a credit union. I And I shouldn't say I don't really use banks I because I have a credit union. I, I don't use banks otherwise. So I, I don't like banks. I've lost a lot of money in banks. I've actually lost more money in banks than I've lost in Vegas, and I don't even gamble. So I don't trust banks. I don't trust the technology. I don't trust the, 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 the so-called security that the banks have you know half the time i can't get into my bank and uh, i know you know i'm sure a lot of you have experienced this i know a lot of my friends have experienced this you know your bank account or your credit card debit card the information gets stolen sometimes several times a year and when that happens it's almost like breaking into a highly secure facility to get into your own account you know you've got to have a hundred, uh, you know, multiple choice questions that you have to answer. And if you miss one, you ha- it, the whole thing resets, right? And you got to have a password that has like 40 digits. You got to have, you know, capital letters, lowercase letters. You got to have symbols. You got to have like, you know, uh, three different languages included in your password. And no matter how, quote unquote, secure they make the systems, it doesn't really matter. There's still going to be, you know, security breaches, And it's so bad that, you know, a lot of corporations have, in my view, and from some of the things I've read, they they seem to be engaged in intentional security breaches. Like a lot of businesses just seem to have so many security breaches that it's almost as if it's intentional. And maybe that's just how I feel. Maybe that's not the case. 
But when you look at some of these big corporations that have all these security breaches and, oh, we lost your information, all that information was stolen. or like I, I just have a hard time believing that with the more security that we get, the more digital security, the, the, the less secure things seem to be. But that's also been the case with terrorism, right? The more provisions we put in place to stop terrorism, the worse terrorism gets. You know, it's like with pharmaceutical drugs. The more pharmaceutical drugs you take, you might get rid of one initial problem. You end up with five other additional problems that you then have to take five additional drugs. And before you know it, you're just a guinea pig for big pharma. And people make a lot of money. And your health declines rapidly. It's like that with pretty much everything. It's like every almost everything that we we interact with, it, it, it feels like, is a scam. I mean, I was just reading... I I don't in any way, shape, or form follow you know professional football, but I was just reading this article from Yahoo Sports earlier this week, and uh, it was came out on Monday, and it said uh, that the Green Bay Packers football team are looking to uh, sell off thousands and thousands of stock shares to fans, except the stock is nothing more than a piece of Tim uh, team memorabilia, and it has no utility. It has it has no value. Um, it, they said it's basically, they call it Packer coin or bit green. You know, some people call it that, or, you know, it, it's something that, that Yahoo sports said was fun to own and possible to spend. I mean, are there really people, I mean, it's one thing to buy a Jersey. Okay. I have some hockey jerseys, but are there really people that are buying fake stock in the green Bay Packers? And it's not some internet scam. It's the green Bay Packers are selling it themselves, you know? The Green Bay Packers are literally selling false stock. It's not a Craigslist scam. You know, there's a lot of those with the houses I've been looking at. It's not like, you know, a, a, a more sophisticated scam that you might get on like Zillow or Apartments.com. It's just directly from the National Football League. The, the National Football League is basically telling you and the Green Bay Packers are telling you we've got fake stocks. Who wants to buy them? And people are lining up with their cheese heads and they're buying fake stock in the Green Bay Packers. I... Uh, you know, if you if you want some certificate, just make a certificate and put it on your wall. Like, do people feel good spending money knowing they're getting ripped off? It's it's just it's so bad that that professional sports now have gone to openly and, and happily and encouraging the the open and happy acceptance of just being ripped off. You thought you thought like a three hundred dollar jersey was a rip off, you know? Now they're just selling fake stock in the team. It's it's amazing. You know, it's like people can't throw their money away fast enough. Another thing about this that bothers me is the people that tend to do that kind of thing are people that don't really have a lot of money anyway. It's like when I would go to these UFO conferences. Usually a lot of the cars in the parking lot would be people that had driven from, you know, 100 miles, 200 miles, 500 miles and, you know, I noticed at some of these conferences, especially conferences that, you know, took place at, you know, nice hotels, not like extremely expensive, but, you know, a hundred something dollars a night, which is expensive to me. But, you know, people would come and they would sleep in their cars because they couldn't afford the hotel or, or the surrounding area. Um, and, and some people just, you know, I, see, I saw their vehicles and they just, they looked really, really, they looked really broke. And yet they were spending their money to come to a UFO conference uh, and I'm not criticizing that because I, I would do the same. I used to be homeless. But they were spending their money to go to these things. And, you know, some of the people that come to these conferences and speak, we know that they're outright 
deceiving their audience. You know, the David Wilcox and the Corey Goods and the Jordan Sathers. They're con artists. They're, they're scammers. They rip people off. And it's one thing to, to, to rip someone off who, you know, they know they're being ripped off. It's another thing to rip people who don't have any money off when they think that they're being helped. And, and maybe that, that's the difference. Maybe if they think they're being helped and they spend that money and they get ripped off, you know, there's some psychological benefit to it. And, you know, I'm open to that interpretation. I still don't think it justifies it. But regardless of that, you know, when I, when I look at my bank account, my, my, my credit union account, and I see more than a few dollars in there, I, I pull the money out. I pull the money out immediately because I don't want the money in the bank. I don't care if it's a credit union. I don't care if it's a big bank. I had Wells, I call it Wells Frado. I had Wells Frado for a long time, once Wachovia, and I lost a lot of money in that bank. I mean, I could have gambled in Vegas and probably walked away better than the money. I lost $4,000 through that bank, and it was a student loan check. $4,000 I lost through Wells Fargo. And then I tell people that, and they're like, well, well, that's funny. How did that happen? Why didn't you get your money back? And I told them, because Wells Fargo is a criminal enterprise. It's a criminal organization. You know, I remember one time I had to cash a check at Wells Fargo. After I had transferred my bank account, I had to cash a check at Wells Fargo because the, the check was drawn on the bank. Uh, someone had, uh, it was a, a job I was working. They had given me a check at the job. And so I go in to cash it at Wells Fargo, and, and they want, you know, all the identification, all the records. And then the guy tells me, well, we can't cash it, and gave me some excuse, some reason. And, uh, you know, I had gotten tired of Wells Fargo's, you know, crap. So I had printed out an article about Wells Fargo laundering hundreds and hundreds of millions of dollars for Mexican drug cartels. Mainstream news, type it in. Mexican drug cartels, money laundered, Wells Fargo, something to that effect, and you'll find it. And I set it down on the desk or the little countertop there, and I said, you can't cash this check when I've come to this bank before. I've given you two forms of identification. This check has Wells Fargo written at the top. It's drawn on this bank, and it's a reputable local business that you guys do business with. Why can't you cash it? And they give me some other excuse. And I said, you're, I literally, I, I remember turning around and I wasn't even being aggressive. I can be aggressive, but I wasn't being aggressive. I turned around and I said, is anybody else paying attention to this? They won't cash a check for like $150 for whatever this excuse was, but they're laundering hundreds of millions of dollars for Mexican drug cartels. How does that make you feel banking here? Oh, that's true. That's, you know, that's not true. That's not true. And this was before so-called fake news. And they were like, that's fake. That's a fake story. That's not true. I was like, really? Because it's mainline news. Look, CNN, MSNBC, look, just go, go through the articles. I just, I get tired of it. I get sick of it. And that's one of the reasons I switched to a credit union. One of the reasons I take all my money out. And you know how many times I've been robbed having my money in my hand? Zero times. You know, I, I've never been robbed. I've never lost my money when I've had it in my possession. You know, at least when I have it in my possession, there isn't some digital paper trail that has to be followed and, you know, forms filled out if the money disappears. I think I can say that there was like one or two times that something happened to my, my credit union. Some, some company charged me something and they got me the money back. So that's, you know, that's a positive. But most of the time, it, it doesn't happen. I mean, I, I've had my friend, uh, my friend Jack call me so many times 
credit cards, bank accounts. My friend Mike D called me multiple times, credit cards, bank And I'm sure this happens to everybody, which is what makes this, you know, irritating and what makes this much more, it would seem conspiratorial or intentional is that this happens to so many people, credit card, debit card, or you're just getting a notice. Your, your credit suddenly is bad. You've paid your bills. You paid your rent. But suddenly your credit's real bad. Why is my credit real bad? Well, you didn't. You, something happened at the bank. Somebody just submitted your information to, you know, to a collector. You didn't even owe them money. I mean, I, I have a mark on my credit. Um, I think it's been past 10 years. I think it's been dropped. But I had a mark on my credit for an apartment complex I lived at. And, because, and, and they shut the apartment complex down temporarily after I moved out of there a couple of years, like a year or two later. They, they had wiped the place clean and they got new staff, new management because they were stealing money. <laughs> and they were putting eviction notices on every single apartment door, and there were hundreds of them, telling people that they didn't pay their rent, pay the money, or were sending you to collections. And, and this happened to me. This happened to one of my friends at the time. This happened to several students in the school I was going to in Orlando it's a full cell university, and I, I think I, I think it's right off Broadway, the apartment complex. It's there by Target, and they just rip people off, send you to collections that hit your, and there's no way to really combat it. I mean, you can go through a formal process, but they hit you with that. You got bad credit now; you can't rent a place, and nobody ever wants to ask why. Well, why is your credit bad? Why do you prefer dealing in cash? That just it's assumed, oh, you must be dealing in drugs or something illegal. You couldn't be a responsible citizen, right? You couldn't be a responsible person who takes care of your own finances, who doesn't spend a bunch of money, who doesn't get in massive amounts of debt, who spends what they have, who earns what they have to spend what they have. You just must be Walter White from Breaking Bad. You must have a pile of money in some U-Haul facility somewhere, and you go in there and you take a few thousand dollars when you need money. I mean, I think that's See, that also assumes, I think that's what's happening, that's a, that assumes that every single person is guilty until proven innocent by some fraudulent financial system. And, and, and that just, that beyond irks me, especially because the Biden administration now wants to require banks to provide the IRS with information about how much money flows in and out of their individual accounts each year. This is something that has been in the news, but it's gotten very little attention. And even the conservative news has barely touched it. An article here, an article there. Very little news. This is part of a larger plan to do what the Biden administration says is meant to catch people who might be cheating on their taxes and to raise revenue. Why would they want to raise revenue? Well, they could always use more money, but the Biden administration has very very big goals, trillions of dollars in goals. And this clicked with me when I started to read about this. I realized, oh, the one point plus two or five plus trillion dollar infrastructure deal will need to be paid for somehow. So they want the IRS to look into your bank account and see if more than $10,000 a year is moved in and out of the account to see if you're skipping your taxes. And they said this will generate more revenue by going after people who violate tax law, people who violate, you know, the good citizen pledge to pay your taxes. How does that make you feel? 
And of course, just like with the Supreme Court gun case, just like with abortion cases, just like with anything else, you have right and left at each other's throats with their hyperbolic slogans and their statements. And, you know, it doesn't it doesn't really make a lot of sense, the kinds of stuff that these 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 arguments profess, you know, to represent as, you know, conservative or liberal or whatever it might be. Now, a lot of Republicans push back on this, of course, and the, and the Republican argument and talking point is the IRS wants to spy on taxpayers. Well, not really. It's not even really spying. I mean, it is, but it's not really spying. It's, it's more like monitoring your finances so that the government knows how much money you have, not only to tax you, but to see who is maybe living off the grid, who is living outside of the system. And even for somebody like myself, I'm not necessarily living off the grid, but I make most of my money through this radio show, through books, through subscriptions. And most of the people, when they buy those things, it's a, it's a gift through, through PayPal. And when I move that money into my credit union and then pull it out, now the IRS, if this is to become a reality, the IRS has access to all of that, meaning that little people like me who don't make more than, I mean, I can honestly tell you my last PayPal statement was 14000 for last year. That's how much money I don't make, <laughs> put it that way. fourteen grand for last year, or for this last year. And uh, the IRS probably wants a cut of that, even though I don't even make enough money to pay state taxes officially in the state of New York. The IRS wants a piece of that. How does that make you feel? It's not just spying. It's outright theft. It's the Monopoly man with an assault rifle putting his nose into your business and taking the money that you earned that even the state government says, you don't need to pay that. You didn't make enough money. You pretty much live in poverty. Well, now the feds want to come after it and they want to take it to pay for their monstrous green programs. I'm going to tell you about all of that tonight on the show right here on The Secret Teachings. White Bat Audio is the music. There's a lot more After this, stay with us. Attention, you are tuned into restricted airspace. Tune out immediately. This is The Secret Teachings Radio on The Fringe FM. If you enjoy The Secret Teachings and want to hear more while supporting the show, visit the website, thesecretteachings.info, and subscribe to our show archive. As a yearly subscriber, you can download and stream every show after it airs and get access to the digital versions of each one of Ryan's books. The show offers weekly and monthly subscriptions, or for $50 a year, get access to the archive, montages, and digital books at a discounted price. Just visit thesecretteachings.info and click on the donate button at the top of the page. Your subscription supports The Secret Teachings, The Fringe FM, and you. Alex Exum. My name is Alex Exum, and you're listening to The Fringe FM. Hey there, it's Ryan Gable of The Secret Teachings Radio. After years and years of research, I compiled most of the important components of what I learned into three books, Food Philosophy, The Technological Elixir, and Occult Arcana. 
And by happenstance, those books turned into a trilogy that can be, but doesn't need to be, read in order. Food philosophy explores the nature of what it means to be healthy, while examining the ways in which the public is deceived about their food and water. It also explores disease theories and why astronomical events like comets may be more responsible for illnesses than pathogens. It concludes with a look at geoengineering. The technological elixir picks up where the food book leaves off. It explores technology with its benefits and dangers, looking at smart tech, the Internet of Things, advanced robotics, and quantum computers. The text takes us to the mark of the beast, magic, and the music industry, focusing heavily on material death cults and pacts with the devil, and of course, black goo. It concludes with an analysis of UFO cults and an otherworldly or dimensional presence influencing mankind through technology. Occult Arcana is truly standalone as an encyclopedia of occult knowledge, covering theology, science, and mythology, symbolism, ritualism, and magic, voodoo, witchcraft, talismans, nursery rhymes, alchemy, and more. Occult Arcana ties it all together. All three books are available in digital form, and they are autographed, if you'd like, in paperback. Just visit thesecretteachings.info, where you can read reviews and buy yourself a copy or two today. Whether for yourself, family, or friends, they make a wonderful gift for the holidays, something that we explore in detail in the Occult Arcana book. Again, I'm Ryan Gable of The Secret Teachings Radio. Food Philosophy, The Technological Elixir, and Occult Arcana are my books. I hope you get a copy and support the show today. Want to know more about this strange and weird reality we live in? Join me, Jess Rogie, the host of The Rogie Report, where we explore the unrevealed. Every Wednesday night, live at 6 p.m. Pacific, 9 p.m. Eastern, here on the Fringe FM, KTLK Digital Broadcasting. This is Kev Baker of The Kev Baker Show, and you're listening to The Secret Teachings with Ryan Gable. The truth is out there, and so are we. Digital Broadcasting, The Fringe FM. You're listening to The Secret Teachings. For more information on the show or to contact Ryan, visit thesecretteachings.info or email ryan at rdgable at yahoo.com. Hello, folks. This is Jordan Maxwell. My website is jordanmaxwellshow.com, and you're listening to The Secret Teachings with your host, Ryan Gable. So here's something I noticed. There are aspects of the Constitutional Republic that are still operational. The media won't tell you that. Mainline politicians won't tell you that. A lot of alternative radio regurgitates and repeats so much that they don't even know that to tell you that. I'll tell you that because a federal appeals court has suspended for a second time last week the vaccine mask and testing mandate from the White House. They have chosen yesterday in a lottery a court that will make the final determination. But a federal court held that up, just like federal courts have held up other 
rights of citizens for religious exemptions in different states from Michigan to New York to Louisiana. Courts have also been instrumental in other things, like the Supreme Court right now is going to rule, hopefully soon, on a case dealing with permits for guns for self-defense. And it should expand the 2008-2010 cases wherein the Supreme Court decided that you can have a gun in your home for self-defense. There are restrictions to that for the mentally ill, and that's a whole other topic itself, but for the mentally ill and for felons, of course. And the Supreme Court is probably going to rule that New York and California have to open up the permitting for people to get a gun without a good reason as an excuse to get the permit to get the gun. You don't have to prove why you need a gun. You have a right to it in our Constitution, the Second Amendment. And that's what the Supreme Court is about to rule. So, or, or at least we hope so, some hope that that's the case. But even then, you know, just like with abortion, you know, Roe versus Wade also gives states the rights to enact restrictions on abortion. And uh, cases, I think it's Planned Parenthood of Pennsylvania, Southeast Pennsylvania versus Casey in the 1990s gave you know, the states to reinforce the state's right to do that. But it also gave them, you know, you know, a, a barrier uh, that they couldn't cross. And the courts would determine if certain state restrictions on abortion actually, you know, placed an undue burden or hardship. And it's just like same thing with the guns in the courts right now. They're talking about, you know, uh, having, you know, people be able to get guns based on their right to defend themselves without having to prove why they need the gun. And, uh, you know, both sides of the media just goes absolutely nuts and crazy. And the liberal side says, hey, they want more guns on the street and more violence. And the conservative side says, well, that's mostly what you're going to get in liberal cities, more conservative areas, you don't really have a lot of violence. And then you break down the statistics and you realize like nobody really is telling the truth. Uh, Republicans aren't really telling the truth. Democrats certainly aren't telling the truth. It, it, it becomes more than a political question. It becomes more of a historical question. It becomes more of a question of psychology. The Biden administration right now, it, it wants the Internal Revenue Service to monitor how much money goes in and out of your bank account every year. And they say that the intention is to catch people who might be cheating on their taxes. Now, I would argue that this plan, this policy, is a violation of, uh, you know, just an unreasonable violation of privacy. And I feel as if, you know, there are going to be a lot of arguments against this. There already have been. I feel like this is something that, you know, might eventually uh, end up uh, not happening in the full capacity of how conservative media has presented it. I mean, I think of the Fourth Amendment, the right of the people to be secure in their persons, houses, papers, and effects against unreasonable searches and seizures shall not be violated. You know, and it's like the Biden administration told the, you know, the the whole country, don't worry about what the federal court said about our mandate. Do it anyway. And the Biden administration said, we don't really care. Just we want the IRS in your bank account 
We want them watching how much money flows in and out. Now, the Republicans have pushed back on this, and um, you know they've used their rhetoric, like the IRS wants to spy on you, and they spy on tax, taxpayers. But see, you know, I read this article from NPR, and they justified it with their liberal angle. Their liberal talking point was, quote, NPR, it's important to note that banks, I should read it in an NPR voice, it's important to note that banks would not report individual transactions, just an annual total of deposits and withdrawals. And then I'm supposed to infer from that, oh, they're just going to see the overall amount in my account for the year. They're not going to see where I spent my money. So that's okay. And that's how it's written. You're supposed to think that's okay. They're not telling you that. I'm telling you that. That's how they write it. Because you're supposed to think that's okay. If they're just looking at the deposit, not you know just the deposits and withdrawals how much money that's okay you know the american rescue plan act all that covid money you know a we get an arab money a we get new age money a we get in covid money the arpa included a provision that forced enhanced reporting to the irs for those $600 in transactions in a year for goods and services paid through apps like vimo and paypal so if you use Vimo or PayPal to buy $600 or to sell $600 worth of stuff online, the IRS gets to inform the federal government, hey, you know, Bob over here, Bob is selling some stuff and we didn't collect any revenue on that stuff. So Bob needs to pay up. I mean, this is just outright robbery. And of course, it has nothing to do with paying for you know, a specific thing that can be quantified. It's going into your bank account, violating your privacy, and then implying through further threat that they will take money, that that you will be taxed on that money, even where, you know, you have some states where you don't pay, you know, uh, uh, taxes or you don't pay taxes over a certain amount if if you don't make a certain amount of money. The federal government wants to override all that. And then on top of that, they're doing this for, they, want, they wanted initially $600. Uh, some people, including Democrats, have said, no way, that's, that's just insane. So now they're saying $10,000 a year. Well, that's pretty much anybody who has any income. So what does that mean? That means they're targeting people, well, they're targeting people like me. I mean, I make in PayPal about, you know, with these, these next, this month and next month to, to ra- round out 2021, um, you know, like 15000 16000 for the whole year for radio. That's all that I make, all that I make. And it's all reliant on you buying a book or subscribing or donating a few dollars. And with this fundraiser for the Escape from New York, so I can get out of New York and get down with the studio to, to the Southwest, you know, I, I might make another, I'm hoping to make a thousand, but I might make another $500 or whatever. And I'm always transparent and honest with you as listeners when we, we do these fundraisers. And, um, you know, that might push me to 16005 this year. You know, that's not enough money to pay taxes in the state of New York. But under this new provision, the IRS would come in and say, well, Ryan made sixteen sixteen five, And uh, he needs to pay this money to the IRS. He, I mean, we, need, we have to pay for green infrastructure. And why would the banks pay for it? Why would Prince Philip pay for it? You know, Prince Charles, rather, or both of them, any of them. Why would they pay for it? They need to spend their trillions on whores and alcohol 
and planes and boats and uh, houses. They don't have money to spend on green infrastructure. They need to spend their money on eyes wide shut parties. Okay, so despite the fact that, uh, you know, perceptually, quote-unquote, Republicans are opposed to this, there's another group opposed to it. Banks. Banks are supposedly opposed to this. Why would banks be opposed to this? Well, on the surface, it would seem as if the banks cared about you, you know, or they gave an S about you. Because banks are concerned about their, their, their customers, right? They're concerned about their little, their little money pots, right? So the banks are upset. I mean, I got a letter from my credit union telling me what was going on. And, you know, mine's a very small credit union in Idaho. And I, I imagine that credit unions like mine probably do give an S uh, to some degree, at least the people working there. Uh, when it comes to Wells Fargo, Bank of America, these places, they don't even care about their own staff. And proof of that can be found in the Wells Frado scam where Wells Frado was instructing their staff, thousands of them, to literally just rip people off. They moved money around in accounts. They opened up accounts in people's names without their permission or consent. They opened credit cards up in people's names without their permission or consent. They took out insurance without people's permission or consent on things that those people didn't even own, like cars. And then Wells Frado fired 5,000 employees, 5,000 employees claiming that those employees were involved in a conspiracy to rip off customers of Wells Frado. And when I read that, I thought, these people aren't even bold. I mean, this is like, you have to give these people a round of applause. They issue corporate banking directives to the low-level peasants that work at the teller spots. And when those tellers don't do what they're told, they get fired. When they do what they're told, they still got fired. And I don't recall if they had... They had sued some of these people. Uh, they were all over the country. They weren't involved in the conspiracy. So Wells Fargo hired them back. And then that scumbag, uh, his last name, Schloan, they took out hundreds of thousands of dollars in ads in the New York Times, Wall Street Journal, USA Today. I've got a copy of one of those ads that said, we are going to put the customer first. And I thought immediately, why wasn't the customer first before? Now, I've told that story several times here on the show. It's something that just it's burned into my memory. Uh, we've done shows on it called Wells Frado and all the stuff that Wells Frado did. You think Wells Frado, you think a bank that launders hundreds of, of millions of dollars from Mexican drug cartels that slaughter innocent people to move their drugs, you think they care about you? You think they care about me? You think they care about you know protecting your privacy? The only thing they care about is that you don't get in their way of laundering drug money, that you don't get in the way of the horrors that they're banging at the eyes wide shut parties, that you don't get in the way of important people who have important things to do, like rip you off and live off of your energy like a machine in the matrix. 
They don't care. Now, under this revised proposal for the IRS, banks would have to report only on accounts with at least $10,000 in annual deposits or withdrawals, not counting deposits from paychecks or government benefits. Now, this whole thing, from the $600 to the $10,000, they just keep pushing it. They just keep pushing it. They just push it, push it, push it, push it, push it. You know, there's a provision in the American Rescue Plan Act for this, which shows you even even at a time of great distress, when people don't know what to do, lose their jobs, terrified of getting sick, the government says, here's some money, American Rescue Plan Act. By the way, if you take this money and we sign this act, um, here's what's going to happen. We get access to your bank accounts. Am I supposed to honestly, sincerely sit here and think perfectly normal? I mean, I guess it is perfectly normal, but am I supposed to sit here and think, oh, that's fair. Sure, I'll sign on the dotted line. And where do I where do I send my soul? I don't see a play. Oh, it's right there. I initial there for the soul. You know, it's like not only that, but the audacity. Just the audacity on top of that of Democrats in particular to claim that the surveillance helps to track down the top 1% who avoid their taxes. That's literally what some politicians are claiming. This crackdown on tax evaders is meant to track the 1% who avoid their taxes. Haven't you noticed by now that 1%, 99% argument is all a big scam? Because the 1% that the so-called progressives or whatever they are claim and, and, and profess to fight against, that's them. And the 99% who they claim to represent present, you know, those are the people that when they participate in those 99% movements, including the hijacking of Occupy Wall Street, they end up fighting against themselves. You know, it's like Americans for Prosperity. I was involved in that group for a couple of months. I thought, oh, this is great. Stop spending so much money. And then I found out why was this group so tolerable? Why did it sound so good? Because they had crafted it that way because it was owned by the Koch brothers. And this was like nine years ago, you know, when I didn't really know a lot. I was, I had a button and I had signed up to go to a meeting. And then I found out they're run by the Koch brothers and their goal was to not only shut down, you know, government regulatory bodies, but their goal was to do that so that they could continue to manufacture their goods without any regulations. Just absolute total scum. And that's not capitalist, folks. That is predatory behavior. These are not, the Koch brothers are not capitalists. They're scum. Okay, it doesn't matter what way they lean, what side of the bird they, they hang out on. They're, they're scum. So now you have a better idea, hopefully. That 1%, that's not what they're cracking down on. They're cracking down on the 99%. They're cracking down on a percentage of the 99% who can't get jobs, can't hold jobs, and now that's becoming even more difficult for a number of reasons. And so if you decide, you know, I'll sell some stuff on PayPal or eBay or, you know, through PayPal on eBay on you know, sell things through Venmo or, you know, there's little apps that you take pictures of things and you can sell them. Apparently you can do it in seconds. They show you in the commercial and you're selling, you know, CD players and record players and shoes and cars and but if you do that, you make 600 bucks. Now it's 10,000 a year. You make 10,000. Oh, no, they're, they, want, they want access to it. So, you know, I, I know that people listen to this. And I know you think, well, this is a political show. What's this doing in the fringe? No, this is a balanced show. 
I'm not providing you with a Republican or Democratic talking point. I'm providing you with a middle-of-the-road talking point so that I can hopefully get to the bottom of what all this is really about. And in researching it, I found out what it's all really about. It's about financing something that the government doesn't have money to finance. And rather than printing the money themselves like they they normally do, they want to literally take it from the people who have the least amount of money to pay. People like myself who don't have a lot of money, who makes you know their money honestly through, in this case, radio, uh, through donations and subscriptions and book sales, I don't get paid to do what I do. You pay me when you support the show like that. That's why it's so important to support this show. And it's, you know, we don't ask for a lot of support. You know, we're not making Jimmy Church money here. We're not making, uh, you know, George Norrie money here. We're not making a million dollars a year. We're barely making 15000 on a good year. This is the best year I've ever had at 14-something. So that 1%, that, that, that's not who they're going after. They're going after me. They're going after you. They're going after the 99% while claiming they're going after the 1%. Here's here's someone you could go after if you're really interested in that, and a lot of progressives are. Go after Amazon. They didn't pay any taxes. Go after Bezos. Go after you know all these big billionaires that don't pay taxes. And see, that bothers me too because I'm not upset that Jeff Bezos has a spaceship. I'm not upset that Elon Musk has a bigger spaceship. I'm not upset that Elon Musk is sending rockets into the air. I'm not upset that Elon Musk is having sex with 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 some, you know, pop star. I don't care. I don't care if he's got a flamethrower. I don't care if Jeff Bezos is bald. I don't care if, you know, Tim Cook bounces around, you know, on on, you know, erections. I I don't care how much money these people have. Uh, Why would I care if you have a bunch of money? You know, and it's like as Americans in particular, we we, we don't even we are in like the top one percent of the world. So even if you're in the ninety nine percent. In America, you're still in the top 1%, mostly, you know, uh, 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 around the world. Like, you're at least in the top 5%. Even if you're in poverty in this country, you have more wealth than some, quote-unquote, wealthy people might have in places like India. So I don't know what people are bitching about. But see, then that argument can also be turned against you. What are you bitching about? You have, you know, you have a, you know, a roof over your head. So don't question authority. It's like, no, uh, there, there's, a, there's another way to look at this. Okay, I understand personally, I understand that we have it really good in America and a lot of people on the left don't recognize that or simply don't care. A lot of people on the right don't recognize that or simply don't care. The problem I'm having is this project, this program is targeting the people that not only have very little, but the people that barely have very little, the people that are barely squeaking by on some applications on their phone. That's who it's targeting. And why are they doing this to begin with? They're doing this because they want to consolidate power in the hands of the big banks. So that would make me question why the big banks are opposed to this. Well, they're opposed to it for the same reason that big oil is opposed to having, uh, you know, having these, uh, you know, the, uh, the, these, all these climate, you know, agreements and arguments and things like that. They they claim that they're for them, you know, but they're 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 you know, I are I, they I don't understand. <laughs> you know, you, you feel it in my voice. I don't understand how can big oil be the biggest supporter of the climate agreements? I don't understand that. Isn't it supposed to shut down big oil? Isn't that why they poured black tar over Greta Thunberg because it's big oil? But big oil. Just look it up. Big oil is the biggest proponent. The big oil was the, 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 the angriest, 
corporate sector with President Trump over the subject of climate change and over the subject of the Paris Climate Agreement. Big Oil wanted to be in that agreement. It wasn't just for publicity. It was because lots of money is involved. Lots of money. And Big Oil wants their cut. In the same way that these big banks, they want their cut. They're telling you they're against the IRS. They're against the coming into your bank account. No, they're really for it. They're the ones supporting it. They're the ones that are behind it because they want to consolidate all that wealth and all that power. And that's not just my opinion. Joe Biden's comptroller of the currency, his nominee, Saleh Omarova, called for the private Federal Reserve Bank to take over virtually all U.S. bank accounts. This was recent. This was on November 13th. Treasury nominee, Saleh Omarova. There will be no more private bank deposit accounts, and all of the deposit accounts will be held directly at the Fed. That's a quote. But if you don't believe me, you'll have to listen to what she has to say. Imagine what would it be like if instead of being just a public option for deposit uh, banking, this would be actually the full transition. In other words, there will be no more private uh, bank deposit accounts and all of the deposit accounts will be held directly at the Fed. And there are very interesting implications uh, from that thought experiment, for example, with uh, the much more uh, direct and proactive tools of monetary policy, like helicopter money, which is, uh, you know, considered radical, primarily because uh, economists really do not know how to manage the issue of what will happen uh, in the inflationary environment when the central bank needs to contract the supply of money. Well, they know exactly what happens when you helicopter money. I can speak in an accent, too. When you helicopter money like this, what happens is you end up with massive inflation. Okay, and then they just I I don't even believe that these people have accents. Okay, Klaus Schwab has that deep accent and he uses it because it's foreign to Americans and America is the golden prize. So if you can pretend like you're more foreign than you really are, Americans really take to that. So then this woman I don't know what she is. I think, I mean, I'm pretty sure she's Chinese, so God knows who she's working for. And she's like, no more bank account. No more bank, no, no more bank account for you. No bank account for you. Fed control everything. China control Fed. We control everything. Thank you very much. Thank you. Come again. You know, and it's just like they put a big have a nice day, yellow smiley face on every one of their anti-human policies. This whole thing with the IRS is bigger than the IRS. This is about what this woman just told you. Biden's Treasury nominee, Saleh Omarova, uh, just said there will be no more private bank deposit accounts and all the deposit accounts will be held directly at the Fed. That's what they want to do. They want to completely and absolutely consolidate power, consolidate wealth in order to control what you have access to. They already are able to do this now with preventing people from flying making it more difficult to travel with increased gas prices, having all these restrictions, all these, these uh, you know, uh, halts on imports so that we don't have products in the country. There's artificial scarcity. There aren't things on store shelves. People are afraid. Their money's not worth as much suddenly. People are losing their jobs. And they tell you this is all good. The Secretary of Energy was like, oh, yeah, it's fantastic when there's massive inflation. It's fantastic. Just like Bernie Sanders was like, oh, yeah, when there's a bread line, it's good. We like bread lines. We, it means people are hungry, and that's a good thing. 
And we're going to feed those hungry mouths. You can eat your pets, whatever you got to do. But it's a good thing when you're hungry. And they just they just literally tell you, look, listen, the Treasury nominee, she just literally says no more private bank accounts, all deposits directly at the Federal Reserve, which isn't even a federal bank. It's a private offshore conglomerate, a banking, a big banking conglomerate tied in with major corporations, the World Bank, the World Economic Forum. This is your global government and it's coming together before your eyes. I'm Ryan Gable, and this is The Secret Teachings, breaking it all down for you tonight on the show. There's a lot more after this. Don't go anywhere. Stay with us, and please subscribe to the archive. Grab a book. Check us out on Patreon and support our Escape from New York fundraiser. If you have any questions, email us at rdgable at yahoo.com. We're just getting started, so don't go anywhere. You could listen to this. And again, you know, people say David has no evidence. David has no evidence, but... I hate this channel. Or you could listen to The Secret Teachings with myself, Ryan Gable, five nights a week on The Fringe FM. And join us to explore the outer limits of history, symbolism, parapolitics, and more. We'll explore a little of everything, but don't take my word for it. I'm kind of like you. I'm a last of a dying breed, a generalist. That's thesecretteachings.info and The Fringe FM. If you're interested in all things that include the occult, from witchcraft to voodoo, and from mythology to alchemy, then why not check out the book Occult Arcana, complete with hundreds of beautiful images. Maybe you want to look at technology, black goo, UFOs, and demonic pacts made in the entertainment industry. Check out the technological elixir, black goo, transhumanism, and invoking AI. Or if that's not enough and you want a practical look at food, lifestyles, and ingredients, even those in your pet food, with free solutions to better health, then check out Food Philosophy. All three of these books are available in softcover or PDF at www.thesecretteachings.info That's where you can read reviews, see pictures and even order yours today. It not only supports The Secret Teachings and Fringe FM, but most importantly, it supports you. People ask me every day what they can do to take control of their life in the face of an onslaught of misleading information and outright lies. I always tell them to take control of what they put in their body, including clean water. I personally used a Pro One water filter long before the company became Pro One. And after a few years, I decided to get an affiliate program set up for the show. Here's how it works. Visit our website at www.thesecretteachings.info and click on the Pro One water filter link on the slider bar at the top of the page. Whatever you purchase on their website, we get a small percentage. It's an honest and beneficial way to support the secret teachings and yourself. They've got water filters for the kitchen, dorm room, and even shower heads so things like chlorine don't become vaporized in the hot shower and inhaled. They make a great gift for yourself, your family, or your friends, and especially a great gift around the holy days. Just visit www.thesecretteachings.info, click on the banner, support Pro One, and support the secret teachings five nights a week on The Fringe FM. 
they all say the same thing. They're all like, you know, over the last four years, everything good that happened was because of us. And we would have done more good stuff if it wasn't for those guys. And then the Democrats go, oh, we did all the good stuff. <laughs> it's like you're all working for the same guy. Want more of The Fringe? Check out thefringe.fm for more information on your favorite shows. Also, don't forget to check out the Fringe mobile app or the other ways you can tune in through the Paranormal Radio app and talk stream live. Where the normal and paranormal collide, it's the Fringe FM. Are you intrigued by Paranormal Talk Radio? You'll love the new Paranormal Radio app from Talk Stream Live. You'll find a great selection of talk shows covering UFOs, ghosts, strange phenomena, and much more. Download the Paranormal Radio app now and start listening to the very best in Paranormal Talk entertainment, including the network you're listening to right now. The Paranormal Radio app, free in Google Play and the iOS App Store. This is The Secret Teachings. If you'd like to contact the show, email Ryan at rdgable at yahoo.com or find him on Facebook at facebook.com slash thesecretteachings. This is John B. Wells of Caravan to Midnight, and you're listening to The Secret Teachings. Howdy, this is Joe Mars, and you're listening to The Secret Teachings. I'm Clyde Lewis from Ground Zero Radio, and you're listening to The Secret Teachings with Ryan Gable. Hi, it's David Childress from Ancient Aliens, and you're listening to The Secret Teachings. Gentlemen, thank you so much for the great work that you guys are doing. Hi, everyone. This is Mark Passio from WhatOnEarthIsHappening.com, and you're listening to The Secret Teachings. Teachings with Ryan Gable. Atomic Bomb Blast brought to you by Comcast. Recorded on DVR so you can press rewind fast. Virtual combat prepping you for mission soon. Practicing on civilians while you're chilling in your living room. Identical to real life except for the men you kill for real when you get sent to kill in real life. Animation done so realistically. When you see the true battlefield on the screen you think the shit was done by Disney. They pixelated the perception of a generation. Mesmerized the multitudes with handy little innovations gave them convenient means to love their own incarceration non-invasive ways that they can track and trace and database them and if you ain't prepared to get your very trip there's a list for you in which you'll be labeled a terrorist indeed 200,000 heartless mercenary forces are back from Iraq to take orders from their bosses wake the fuck from your slumber this is not a joke nor is it a test wake the fuck from your slumber I got the undebunkable proof. It's all written down in black and white. The plans, the plans, the plans to control you. The English language was fabricated by cannibals to better make the human animal understand the rules. The alphabet got you under a spell that is magical. You've been possessed ever since your first day of grammar school. Easily programmable by your controllers. Education developed by devils, the blind molders. It don't take long to get you under the spell. No. And square off your head, another brick into the well. Child protection services run by child molesters, cheaters, wife beaters, and 
leaders of our fiestas. The heads of university used to favor men openly and walk around naked in the gymnasium. Today you send your children off alone to be with them. Good old boy clubs like the Bohemian is where you'll see them in. You better learn about your enemy with urgency instead of exerting all your energy on absurdity. You better learn about your enemy. I'm Ryan Gable. This is The Secret Teaching. It's Payday Monsanto, Your Slumber. That's a song that is seven years old, and it is just as important as any of Payday's newer stuff or his older stuff. It's obviously far more important than most of the music that you'll listen to in the mainstream and a lot of even the so-called alternative underground scene. A lot of that is hijacked and financed to promote disinformation, I think. There's a lot of stuff going on that we need to wake up out of our slumber to understand. I was reading an article from last weekend about the so-called supply chain crisis. It says cargo theft may last as long as the backlogs do. A lot of cargo is being stolen. Another article from the New York Times, crunch at ports may mean crisis for American farms. Farms are losing out on millions of dollars in revenue per month because they can't get the material that they need. This so-called supply chain crisis is being looked at by some as a positive thing. Imagine the audacity of an individual, elected or otherwise, who can look a camera directly into the center knowing that it's being broadcast to the rest of who knows when and where could be the whole of humanity, anybody who has access to that video. They look right into the barrel of that camera, and they tell you supply chain crises are good. Not having material, that's good. Losing revenue, that's good. Not having food, that's good. It's good because you're greedy. You have too many things the way that it is. You have too much food, you gluttons. Accusing the public of deadly sins. Accusing the public of gluttony and greed and sloth. And don't get angry because then you'll also be wrathful as well. Now clearly what is happening as gas prices continue to rise and as the White House has tucked its tail between its legs and looked up at OPEC and said, could you please increase oil production? And OPEC, with a big cigar, went, no. And the White House said, okay, yes, sir, yes, sir, yes, sir, yes, sir. You know, I didn't like President Trump. I don't particularly like or agree with Republican politics. But I like a leader, and I like someone who said, you increase the oil production, so our gas is $1.50 a gallon, $2 a gallon, or we're just going to go to war with you. I like that kind of negotiation better. At least, if there's going to be that kind of conflict, you know, people come out on top. Not giant, enormous conglomerates you know, big. I, I, that's the thing that I just don't understand. I thought that this particular White House administration disliked oil companies. But oil companies are making more money now than they were making back during the Trump administration. 
In fact, the oil companies were really upset at the previous administration because it withdrew from the Paris Climate Agreement. I I think that's the simplest thing to recognize. And once we recognize that, a lot of this other stuff, including the IRS, $600 to $10,000 transaction monitoring, the Federal Reserve's plan to consolidate all bank accounts, consolidate all wealth into a global central bank. All of that makes a lot more sense when you realize the big oil companies are making more money now than they've made in the last couple of years. The big oil companies want climate change action. They benefit from it. They make a lot of money when gas is $4 a gallon, when they control the supply. So what does that tell you? Your leaders can't be that incompetent. There's no way that they can be that incompetent. Now, there is a possibility that they don't really know what they're doing. They're just being ushered from one agreement to another agreement. I mean, you can clearly see Biden, he's even on video, on audio, said, and they've given him the executive orders. He's like, all right, now what am I signing again here? You know, don't even call it an executive order. Just just call it a, a Politburo order at this point. That's what it should be called. Not an EO, a PBO, a Politburo, or just a PO, a Politburo order. That's what it is. It's a handful of powerful people that work behind the scenes that you don't know who are unelected, who go to the eyes wide shut parties, who trade in little kids, you know, and those are the people that make the decisions. And when someone says, I'm not going to do that, they end up with their head blown off at Daily Plaza. They end up with their character assassinated on January 6th. And if I remind you, you know, if I, if I can remind you, Kennedy was a Democrat. Uh, doesn't really matter uh, whether you're Democrat or Republican. That's the thing that bothers me. That I keep bringing that up because I don't take a stance on that. I'm trying to look at this from a mental point of ground. When I see gas going up to $4 a gallon, when there isn't, uh, you know, food on the shelf, when it's becoming more and more scarce, I start thinking, hmm, I've seen this before. I've read a lot of history books, folks. I I know people out there listening around the world who have read far more than me, so you know better than I do. When there isn't food on the store shelves, that's not hyperbole. That's not, it's coming, it's coming, it's coming, it's coming, it's coming, it's coming, it's coming. That's real. Now, in America, it's not like the third world because not having, you know, food on the shelf means we don't have as many options. It's still a luxury for us. But that doesn't justify the lack of availability. That doesn't justify the halting of ships coming into port. That doesn't, you know, justify... Uh, and and exempt the actions of so-called leaders who are just being dragged. Biden looks like he's literally just being dragged or he's tripping from one thing to another. This guy literally fell asleep at the climate summit. It's such a drastic emergency. It's such a terrible emergency. The guy's sleeping, literally sleeping. And then the media is like, why is is Kamala Harris's approval rating so low? Because nobody supported her during the primaries. This woman didn't even have a percentage point of support. The black community outright rejected her because she put more black people in prison 
than I think any attorney general, any, maybe even anybody in California government history. But it's like, you're not even supposed to say that. I got Newsweek telling me she slept her way to the top, and I say that to people, oh, that's sexist. No, it's not sexist. It's a Newsweek article. Maybe Newsweek is sexist. I don't know if she did it. You're saying women can't come to the top without getting on top of somebody? No, I didn't say that either. There's a lot of... Why, why, why is that the only argument? Because it puts people on the defensive. That's why. You know, I remember the, all these articles I did a show on like three years ago. It was like, women run big defense contractors. Women run Lockheed Martin or whatever it was. And I was like, I remember asking that question. I said, every female in this listening audience, do you feel empowered because a woman is running a major defense contractor building weapon systems to blow up villages in other countries? Does that make you feel empowered? Does that give you... You know, motivation when you wake up and then when you just wake up, you're like, well, today would have been a shitty day, but at least a woman is running Raytheon. Is that really how people wake up in the morning? Most women don't even know what Raytheon. Most guys don't even know what Raytheon is, you know, or Lockheed Martin or all the other skunk works like projects where they build weapons of mass destruction or weapons of minor strategically placed destruction. So this whole thing is ultimately when you break it down. A scam. Why do they keep telling you that the big banks are opposed to the IRS intrusion into your bank account? Why do they tell you the big oil is opposed to climate change legislation or climate change change? Why? Because big oil wants there to be a change. Because big banks want there to be that surveillance. It gives them more power because ultimately the IRS is not a federal agency. And when and when Biden's Treasury nominee, Sala Omarova, said there will be no more private bank deposit accounts and all of the deposit accounts will be held directly at the Fed. That shows you as an extension of the IRS spying or the IRS infiltration or intrusion or IRS incursion proposal that this is part of a much larger agenda. And I can tell you right now, It has nothing to do with the seemingly important but not really important divisive things that we argue about on a daily basis. It has nothing to do with politics. Wake up out of your slumber. Look at the details of this and see that this is a conglomerate. This is a big mega bank corporate global government scam because it all gets funneled right up to the top. It gets sucked on up to the top. And who's at the top? Your World Economic Forum, your World Bank, your International Monetary Fund. Remember when the World Bank a few years ago said they want $4 trillion to fight climate change? Remember that? $4 trillion. $4 trillion. Well, now the $1.2 or $1.5 or $1.85, I don't know, because I see a different number everywhere, and that's a big difference, 1.2 and 1.85. The New York Times on November 15th reported that the $1.85 trillion bill, the, 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 this infrastructure bill and the supposed to beef up the Internal Revenue Service to crack down on tax evaders like those one percenters who hide all their money through PayPal. Did you know that? One percenters hide all their money through Vimo and PayPal. We have to get them. You want to crack down on those people, you need to go offshore. That's where you're going to find those tax havens. Because rich people have money to pay other people 
who know how the tax system works a lot of money so that they can get out of paying their taxes. And if you know how to do that, as far as I'm concerned, what's the big deal? You're using the system to your benefit. The average person doesn't know how to do that. I mean, the average person, you know, doesn't even, uh, they, they couldn't tell you, you know, the most basic of things. You ever seen those Mark Dice videos? Mark Dice asked people, I don't know how long ago this was, like two years. Mark Dice asked people if Karl Marx was a good vice president for, or maybe this was like four or five years ago. Uh, it was like, is Karl Marx a good vice president for Hillary Clinton, you know, to run for president with? People like, well, yeah, I guess. Not, they didn't even know who Marx was. They were just like, yeah, I mean, it could have been anybody. It could have been Bozo the Clown. It, it, people were just like, well, I, you know, I, I, Car, I've heard some stuff he said. It's, it's, it's really good, you know? You can tell people anything, anything. Remember that, remember that Howard Stern? Uh, I think it was back during the, before Obama got in office or this, his second term, it was just like uh, Howard Stern, they were interviewing these people and just... No, I think it was like John McCain. They were saying John McCain was black or something. And, and people were just like, yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Yeah. And, and he's like, yeah, I, I, you can find a lot of, uh, you know, black and white people who have no idea what's going on. It doesn't, <laughs> it's just, I, re, I don't know if you guys remember that, but I remember that Howard Stern bit. Just like, yeah, John McCain or Sarah Palin or I don't, I don't remember what it was, but it was something like that. Just absolute, just totally disconnected. And who can blame them? I mean, just, you know, wh- wh- why do we want to focus on this kind of stuff? People say they're not interested in politics. I'm not really interested in politics. But here's the thing. When I see a trillion plus dollars, which is going to add up to hundreds of trillions eventually, and I see ships stopped at port, and I see food not on shelves, and I see products not getting to the store because products aren't getting to the manufacturers because those ships are stopped at port. And I see theft of that cargo on top of that. And I see gas prices rising exponentially. And I see the White House with, you know, uh, you know its penis tucked between its legs you know, on the, on its knees asking OPEC to increase oil production. And I see, uh, you know, intentionally destabilized Middle East. And I see an intentionally destabilized third world and tens of millions of people starving. And that being used as justification to bring those people into other cultures to cause a clashing of cultures in what is considered on the UN's own, you know, documentation, what they call replacement Migration, not allowed to say those words, but that's it just seems like it's all planned. When you have the IRS coming into your bank account and looking at what you have, and when there's pushback on that, they're like, well, we'll look for $10,000 rather than 600 And it won't, don't worry, it won't be in individual transactions. It'll be the overall amount. And if you aren't paying taxes on that, you're going to need to pay taxes to the government because we need to crack down on you one percenters who make $10,000 a year. And, you know, it's, it's, this is the reason that I just, I, I can't get along with these types of, of progressive people because at least, you know, it's like my favorite comedian, one of my favorite comedians, Bill Burr. It's like Bill Burr said. He said, at least I know that Republicans don't like me. And you know what? I know that too. I know Republicans. I know you out there. I know that you don't like me. Okay. But Democrats pretend to like me. And I know that they don't like me. 
Stop pretending to like me. Stop pretending to support me. Stop pretending like you care about me. Stop pretending like you care about my privacy. Stop pretending that you care about the, the, the money that I have and making sure it's safe and secure. Stop pretending. That's not just for Democrats. It's for anybody, the big corporations, the big banks. They're the ones that finance the, the big movements that are anti-corporation, anti-bank. They're the ones that finance the revolutions because it gives them more control. It gives them more power. They wrap themselves in social justice. They wrap themselves in political correctness. They wrap themselves in safety and security and equality and equity. And then they go to conquer. And of course, the IRS commissioner, Charles Reitig, was excited about this new potential power. Charles Reitig, who was, by the way, picked for the job by President Trump, said, quote, if given the resources we need, we will be able to make a sizable dent in noncompliance over several years. A properly funded and trained workforce will also have a significant deterrent effect on cheating. Cheating? What do you mean cheating, Charles? You mean people that don't make enough money to pay taxes in states, people that don't make enough money to pay their own bills, people that don't make enough money to buy food, and because they sold some raggedy old shoes on PayPal, you want to tax them and call and then insult them further and call them the 1%? That's what they're doing. Deputy Assistant Treasury Secretary Natasha Serin says bank information would help the IRS target its auditing resources more effectively. But don't worry, she says, just like NPR said, she says the same thing. <sighs> don't worry. There's no extra paperwork involved. So check this out, guys. You don't have to fill out any extra paperwork. We're not going to monitor individual transactions, so we won't see that HBO porno that you rented. We're just going to see the general overall amount of money in and out of your bank account, the flow of money. You don't even have to fill out a form. That's fantastic. Now, don't you want to give us access to your account? Here's what she said. From the taxpayer's perspective, literally nothing is required. All that happens from the honest taxpayer's perspective is the lower likelihood of a costly audit when the IRS is better at figuring out who might not be compliant and figuring out who is. End quote. It sounds like a like a like a, a, a pep speech. You know, there's cheering and there's cheerleaders and balloons and graffiti. And she's like, from the taxpayer's perspective, literally nothing changes. Ah! Everybody goes wild. All that happens from you, the honest taxpayer is the lower likelihood of a costly audit. Yeah! Everybody's going crazy. And when the IRS is better at figuring out who might not be compliant and figuring out who it is, then we will crack down and we will have the money to fix this climate. Yeah! And everybody gets excited. And that's what they're using the money for. You really think it's coincidental that Glasgow wraps up in a big pile of trash that all the activists left behind. That was the New York Times that reported that. Just literally piles of trash that were so high it dwarfed human beings standing next to it. When that wrapped up, which by the way is reported to have been by the BBC, uh, something that costs hundreds of millions of pounds and something that might be uh, the most expensive climate get-together so far with the largest carbon footprint. That's according to mainstream news. Uh, COP26 had a coalition worth $130 trillion. I'm going to say that again, not just because I, I fudged it, but because it's important. COP26 
had a coalition worth $130 trillion. Reuters reported banks, insurers, and investors worth $130 trillion pledged to, quote, well, pledged combating, quote, climate change at the center of their work. Oh, and they gained support in the form of efforts to put green investing on a firmer footing. So here's my question. When you take a look at what the Biden administration, and it's not really the Biden administration, it's not really Democrats or Republicans, these are private, offshore, globalist, unelected representatives of a global government. And they say that we need to use the trillions of dollars in the infrastructure bill for what they call racial equity. That's the New York Times reporting on November 16th. That was yesterday. And uh, the $1.85 trillion, I can't figure out how much it actually is because it changes every time I read an article. The $1.85 trillion will go towards racial equity. And a lot of that money is going to go towards hiring new IRS agents, and they're expecting that they're going to be able to get anywhere between 120 and 400 billion out of taking money from what they call the one percenters, which are really people that are selling their old shoes through a PayPal account or a Venmo or an eBay account. And they have the audacity to slap them in the face and piss on them and kick them while they're down and say, you don't have any money, but we're going to come and take what you do have because you didn't pay your fair share of taxes. And they're going to let the big corporations and let the big billionaires get away without paying any taxes because, well, that's your fault. And then to make things a whole lot worse, you have the Treasury nominee who says the Federal Reserve is going to have access to all the private bank accounts. All the deposit accounts, quote, will be directly or will be held directly at the Fed, end quote. And then Bank of America published a massive thematic research tome on October 15th, last month. And uh, it was all about climate change. Get this. And it, it, here's what it said. It said, this is the decade of climate action and COP26 will be the tipping point of the race to reach net zero emissions. The balance of reducing and removing carbon emissions from the atmosphere. Now, there are two things here that are really important. Number one, we read a NASA study last night on the show. This NASA study showed, or it's a NASA report, and it's a, a study from the proceedings of the, of the National Academy of Sciences with Caltech and some others involved. NASA reported this. NASA said that because of the lockdown, carbon emissions have fallen 5.4%. However, carbon actually increased in the atmosphere. Why? Because of natural occurrences, they said. Then they said... NOx in the atmosphere decreased, which therefore decreased ozone, which is a really good thing. Thumbs up. However, they tampered with the climate in this scenario here. You know, they want to do it artificially by having, you know, artificial lockdowns every couple of months. And when they did that, they found that because the NOx and the ozone was reduced, there wasn't anything in the atmosphere to reduce the methane. So methane actually increased by 0.3% in the last year and a half to two years, the greatest increase in over a decade. So let's talk about balancing and reducing and removing carbon emissions from the atmosphere. Really, well, when you shut down the economy, apparently it gets worse, according to Bank of America. And here's the cool thing. Bank of America writes that we're going to need $150 trillion. That's T-R-I-L-L-I-O-N. Over 30 years. Five trillion annually, five trillion, twice the current global GDP 
yearly just to pay for these green initiatives. And then the COP26 Climate Summit, which cost all this money, huge carbon footprint. The bankers, the insurers, the investors who support this the most, including the big oil companies, are worth less money than what Bank of America and the World Bank claim they need to fight the climate action, meaning that they can go into your bank account and tax you all they want for a few dollars you made on PayPal or Venmo. But even if all the banks, all the insurers, all the investors dumped all their money into fighting this climate disaster, it would still be about $20 trillion, just under the national debt in the United States, of what Bank of America said we needed to, to do this. Hopefully that puts it into perspective what kind of scam this really is. It's a big scam, and you ain't part of it. It's a big club, and you ain't in it. And hey, neither am I. I'm Ryan Gable, and this is The Secret Teachings. Stay with us more after this. I'm Ryan Gable of The Secret Teachings, bringing you health, history, symbolism, and of course, black goo, right here on KTLK Digital Broadcasting, The Fringe FM. Release the curtain! Do you like The Secret Teachings and Ryan's passionately balanced approach to subjects from food and health to the entertainment industry and the occult? Then check out Ryan's books, available in PDF and softcover with free shipping in the United States. For a practical, balanced, and unique look at the food industry, vaccinations, the theories of disease, and geoengineering, grab a copy of Food Philosophy. For a deeper look into artificial intelligence, UFO cults, black goo, and packs made with the devil in the music and entertainment industry, have a look at the technological elixir. Or look for Ryan's masterpiece, Occult Arcana, an encyclopedia of occult knowledge spanning from mythology and science to symbols and sigils, from ritual magic to voodoo, and from comparative religion and psychic abilities to paranormal activity. All three books can be purchased on the website at thesecretteachings.info, where you can read reviews from other authors and radio hosts around the world. Just visit thesecretteachings.info. The truth is out there, and so are we. KTLK, digital broadcasting, The Fringe FM. For a lot longer than most podcasts have been around, The Secret Teachings has been at the forefront of unique investigation into both the mundane and the extraordinary. Critical thought and controlled speculation allowed us to determine that the much-anticipated UAP report would be vague, unexplained, and would simply imply the need for defense against national security threats. We determined that sonic weapons were the cause of Havana Syndrome a full year before CNN acknowledged the same. We told you about the mind-controlled magic, sex slavery, and intellectual theft in the music industry long before Britney Spears spoke out about her conservatorship, and we've been removed from radio for refusing to censor our show over international child trafficking networks and sex cults long before Epstein didn't kill himself. This has been done with no budget, only your support, and a will to learn and succeed. And you can continue to be a part of the Secret Teachings journey as we broadcast Monday through Friday after lighting the void with Joe Roop, right here on KTLK Digital Broadcasting, The Fringe FM. KTLK Digital Broadcasting, The Fringe FM, brings you exclusively The Secret Teachings with Ryan Gable.
What's up, y'all? It's your boy Topher. You can find my music at tophertown.com. And right now you're listening to The Secret Teachings by Ryan Gable. tuned into the secret teachings radio i'm your host ryan gable check out our archive at thesecretteachings.info if you'd like to listen to the show at a more convenient time or you'd like to re-listen to the broadcast you can access the full show archive all the montages and my digital books when you subscribe for one year you get a physical copy of one of those books you can also go over to patreon and find the subscription bundle deal it's a monthly subscription through patreon you get everything including a copy of food philosophy or the technological elixir behind the scenes videos and more check it out on patreon we've also added a cheaper tier as well for behind the scenes content patreon the secret teachings.info and our paypal email rdgable at yahoo.com for our fundraiser these are ways that you can support the show And that allows us to bring you the content that we bring you five nights a week, Monday through Friday, here on The Fringe FM. And now a one-hour show Saturday mornings on Aftermath FM, a different network. But for those of you who are concerned that The Secret Teachings is back and forth between networks, don't worry. I've spoken to both parties about it, and I promote The Secret Teachings and The Fringe FM over there as well Saturday mornings. There's a lot of stuff going on that when you put it together and we do that five nights a week, you start to realize that all the rhetoric, all the propaganda, all the talking points, all the hyperbole starts to fade away. And you start to see a much clearer picture of what's going on. Let me give you an example of what I mean. Bank of America published a massive report in October. The report stated that, quote, this is the decade of climate action and COP26 will be the tipping point of the race to reach net zero emissions, the balance of reducing and removing carbon emissions from the atmosphere. That's what the report said. Now, interestingly, early November saw the release of a report from the Proceedings of the National Academies of Science. And that report showed that because of lockdowns in the last year to year and a half, we saw carbon emissions plummet 5.4%. However, carbon not only remained in the atmosphere at a high rate, it actually seemed to increase. They said the reason for that was because The oceans didn't absorb as much. And because of natural processes that led to carbon remaining and increasing in the atmosphere, despite the fact that you had lockdowns. But what's more important than that, perhaps, is that methane is arguably far worse than carbon, and methane actually increased during lockdowns. It increased at a percentage higher than any time in the last decade plus, 
increased methane because there wasn't enough NOx, which was reduced, which reduced ozone, to scrub the methane out of the atmosphere. See, I don't think that the people who regurgitate and repeat these types of things know exactly what they're talking about. I think they're being paid to peddle talking points. They're being paid socially. They're being paid egotistically. And they're being paid financially. It's like when researchers at Columbia University did that study on mice and they were able to make a blind mice see, a blind mouse see. And then what happened? They found there were genetic mutations, thousands of them. There were deletions and insertions in the genetic code, in the genome of the mice. Computer didn't even predict it. That's because the computer had no ability to predict what would happen. It was a computer program that was created by man. The same man who altered a gene and set off a chain reaction. So we can say, let's get rid of these things in the atmosphere. Let's start a war on fat, a war on terrorism, a war on education, a war on this, a war on that, a war on carbon, a war on methane. And then what happens by apparent happenstance, carbon emissions reduced, NOx is reduced, and then what happens? Methane increases and it makes the environment a little bit worse. Geoengineering is now a mainline topic. Solar radiation management, stratospheric aerosol injection, these are the technical names for it. And every time this is discussed, it's usually not mentioned that the more you do this, the worse it makes the climate. The hotter it becomes, making man-made global warming a real thing. But there's more to the story than that. Bank of America estimated that it is going to cost, and I'm going to say this very slowly, $150 trillion dollars. That's not hyperbole. That is what Bank of America said. $150 trillion over 30 years. That's $5 trillion in annual investments. That's twice the current global GDP to create this net zero emissions economy. Now, what I find interesting about that is that is more money than the COP26, the Glasgow Climate Summit 26 coalition of bankers, investors, and insurers and their total worth. Bankers, insurers, and investors formed a coalition and they vowed to put climate change at the center of their work, according to Reuters. That coalition was worth $130 trillion. Literally, the coalition of big banks, insurers, and investors, you could include the corporations in there, too. The big corporations, Apple's worth, what, a trillion? Google's not worth that much. Facebook isn't worth that much. You put all that together, you still don't have the same amount of money that Bank of America estimates is going to be needed to fight climate change. That means that if the biggest investors, banks, and insurers, and the biggest corporations dumped all of their wealth into climate change, it would not even meet the goal that the banks have estimated. So what does that tell you? That tells you that the money is going to come from somewhere else. And if you're not going to get 
$150 trillion out of the biggest banks, insurers, investors, and corporations, you surely are not going to get it out of the common person. But that's the argument. That's what's being argued. It's being argued that the IRS should have access to your bank account to see how much money you have. And if you make more than $10,000 a year, they won't look at your individual transactions. You won't have to fill out any other additional paperwork, but they're going to look at your bank account. If they find you're making more than ten grand, you didn't pay taxes, they're coming after you. Because they said, the White House and all the progressive leadership said they want to crack down on the 1%. You know the one percenters, the big fat cats, the ones that sell things on eBay and then transfer the money to PayPal. Those one percenters are avoiding taxes, so we need to make sure we monitor everybody's bank account. That's actually what's being claimed. Democrats claim that the surveillance tactics are meant to track down the 1% who avoid their taxes. Well, if you want to do that, you're going to have to go offshore. But they don't want to track the 1% offshore. They want to track the 99% onshore from offshore. Do you see what I mean? Because these are offshore corporations. These are offshore groups. These are offshore banking cartels. They are not federal. They are not part of the federal government. The IRS, the Federal Reserve, the big banks around the country that make up the Federal Reserve, the big central banks around the world, the World Bank, the IMF, the International Monetary Fund, the World Economic Forum, they're demanding trillions of dollars. Trillions and trillions and trillions and trillions of dollars. Trillions and trillions and trillions. That's trillions with a T, folks. Trillions of dollars. And according to Reuters, the big banks, insurers, and investors that have pledged their wealth and power to fight climate change, they're only worth $130 trillion. That's $20 trillion less than what Bank of America estimated would be needed to meet their green zero emissions or net zero emissions goal. That's a lot of money. That's pretty much the, the whole U.S. debt, you know, $20 trillion. And, and, and they're $20 trillion short, even if all the banks, insurers, investors put their money into that. So if they're not going to get that much money out of the big money holders, who are they going to get the money out of? It isn't going to be you. So why are they coming into your bank account to take what, what the U.S. federal government estimated might be between $100 and $400 billion? That's not a lot of money. You know, the Congressional Budget Office said earlier this week on Monday, the IRS proposal would yield a lot less than what the White House is saying, about $120 billion over a decade versus the $400 billion that the administration is counting on. So where are they going to get the rest of this money? Where are they getting the $1.85 trillion? If you can only go and find people that have PayPal and Venmo and steal a hundred plus billion from them over 10 years. That's still not a lot of money to government. That's a lot of money for the average person who's selling shoes on eBay or selling baseball cards on eBay. That's not a lot of money when you're comparing it with a $1.85 trillion bill. So this whole IRS thing, this has absolutely nothing. You know that nothing, nothing to do with saving the government from not having enough money. This has to do with financing grotesque, bulky, green initiatives. 
This is forcing the Green New Deal down your throat. And while they try to force the $1.85 trillion down the American people's throat, claiming that it's meant to go after the 1% when they initiate their IRS plan to come into your bank, monitor it, and attack you on making a tiny bit of money through PayPal or Vimeo, when it really just affects people that don't really have a job or people that live job to job or people that have gigs, they don't get a normal paycheck, they live outside the grid, you know, those kinds of people, which is a very large portion of the working class now. While they say they want the IRS to do that so they can make a few hundred billion over a decade to help pay for this multi-trillion dollar deal, Glasgow Climate Summit COP26 wraps up with a big pile of trash, literally. There's just piles of trash everywhere. And they're demanding not only, you know, military force, that's what the royals are demanding, they're demanding that they're going to need, based on their estimates, based on Bank of America, a couple hundred trillion, you know. I mean, this is just like galactic robbery. They're, they're literally they're just they're 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 coming into port, they're parking their ships, they're getting off, and they're saying we're going to need a couple hundred trillion dollars. Now, I mean, anybody in their right mind, I don't care what your political view is. Anybody in their right mind should look at that number and say, "You people are absolutely out of your mind." A hundred and fifty trillion dollars. Here's where we could start. How about the big banks and the big corporations and the big insurers and the big investors, those that make themselves the target, like the banks say, we don't really want to come into your banks and look at what you're doing. You know, we want to protect your bank accounts. We don't really want to let the IRS that is come in and see what you have going on in your bank account. We care. Sure, they care just about as much as the big oil companies who want to have this climate change action the biggest proponents of the the Paris Climate Agreement. Big oil. Who would have known? How about these people pay all their wealth? I I mean I want to see I want to see the 130 trillion estimated from this climate coalition of banks, insurers, and investors. I want to see every penny of that go right over to paying for this climate shift. Every penny of it. 100, 130 trillion. 130 trillion. And then their justification is the ends justify the means. If we don't spend all this money, if we don't shut down infrastructure and energy and transportation, and we're just, the planet's going to just die, and we're all going to die with it. So we might as well make everybody's life a living hell. Let's take all the food and all the resources away. Let's take all the energy away. Let's make people poor so they're equal. And let's make people feel that that's a good thing because you've got it really good in America anyway. So if you're a little poorer, that's okay. You're still wealthier than the rest of the world. And since you have some more wealth, you should take the rest of the world into your home and pay for them as well. And while you're doing that, we're going to increase gas prices and food prices and energy prices and prices for common goods and We're increasing those prices because we don't really want a lot of them on the shelves. We want people waiting in line. And when I start to think of things along those lines, I can't help but remember reading about the communist revolution in China or communist revolution in Russia or 
any other place. I don't know if Venezuela comes to mind, people eating their dogs, uh, Cuba comes to mind, uh, a lot of places come to mind. And, you know, it's it's always kind of, you know, shrugged off. It, I, and I don't care what you call it. You call it communism. You call it whatever you want to call it. This is globalism. These are people that don't care about you. Let, let me tell you something. These the the royal family, uh, you know the 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 Jeff Bezos. They don't care any more about you than your bank does. When your bank says we care about your account, they don't care about you. They don't care about your privacy. They don't care about your right to free speech. These big corporations and big banks are the ones that are bankrolling the propaganda to convince you that America is a horrible place, and to convince you that your speech is a bad thing, and to convince you that self defense is a bad thing. And while all that's happening, it might sound quite depressing. Yet the Republic of the United States of America still stands in a lot of respects, and the Supreme Court is about to rule that on guns. And they're about to, uh, you know, make a huge decision that Americans in a lot of parts of the country can carry guns where otherwise they weren't allowed to carry guns because of mostly progressive policies that violated the Constitution. So just because your local leaders, your politicians, your whatever you want to call them, do something doesn't mean that it's legal, and it's unfortunate that 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 Republican form of government has been exploited and the time and the money it takes to get to a Supreme Court or to get to a federal court, that that's been exploited to just do things that are outright illegal and in total violation of the law and just hope that people do them and hope that people acquiesce and hope that people don't have the money and time and energy and willpower to fight it. But what you see, you see is you see people fight it, though, and they tend to win. So the court system, I mean, at this point, the judicial system might be the last remaining pillar of the U.S. Republic. It, 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 it really isn't the legislature, although the Senate, you know, isn't as bad as the House of Representatives are. Uh, the executive branch is totally overtaken by foreign powers. The legislature is halfway and the judicial branch is, you know, teetering, but it's, it's still active. And that's a good thing, despite how negative all this sounds. It's negative, 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 negative. It's not negative, okay? What's negative is ignoring it. What's negative is arguing about the IRS looking into your bank account through typical Republican-Democrat talking points. The Republicans say, this is spying. It's uncalled for. And they don't say anything more than that. And the Democrats say, no, we need to do this because it'll help us to make more money so that we can pay for green initiatives and don't worry, we're not going to go after the 99%, just the 1%, just people that have a couple hundred bucks, a couple thousand bucks in their bank account every year. There's no additional paperwork for you. It doesn't cost you anything. You don't have to spend any time filling out a form. We're going to do everything for you, okay? Don't worry about it. And not only are we going to do that for you, but we're not even going to look at your individual transactions. We're not going to look at the food you bought, the porn you bought. We're going to just take it right off the top. We're going to see how much you make, and we're going to tax that because... You know, you make a little bit of money, you're part of that 1%. You, you, you see the ideology here? You know, in communist China, during the revolution, if your neighbor owned something that the comrades hadn't taken, that the cadres hadn't taken yet, hadn't smashed, burned, etc., if you owned something that your neighbor didn't own, you were considered rich, so just like the landlords, you had to be dragged to a struggle session, urinated on, have feces thrown at you, beaten, tortured, cut, etc., whatever they were feeling in the moment. 
And uh, if you're lucky, after you have hours and hours and hours of piss and, and, and feces, and I mean that literally, then you get to say a few words and you get to repent. And then if you're lucky, they won't slit your throat and dump your body in a ditch. That's what happened during the communist revolution in China. It's just more sophisticated now. And you know what I love about all this? Hundreds of trillions of this and hundreds of trillions of that and another trillion there and another trillion there. What's another trillion there, another trillion there? I love not only that $130 trillion in assets and wealth from the big banks, insurers, and investors that pledge their support to fight climate change, according to Reuters at the COP26, that that money doesn't come even close to paying for what Bank of America estimated would be about $150 trillion or more, $5 trillion a year. That's more than twice, I think, the global GDP the whole world. But I love the fact that regardless, China just doesn't seem to want to participate at all. And uh, it's just like cleaning up plastic. Clean up all the plastic you want. Go pick up the straws, okay? Go pick up all the straws. Go pick up all the plastic cups and the plastic forks, knives, plates, Go pick up all the masks on the ground and all the condoms and all the disgusting stuff that people in their animalistic state just throw on the floor, just throw on the ground, just throw out the window of their car like a heathen. Just go pick up all that stuff. Make your community cleaner. And then, well, I guess it doesn't matter because China's not going to do it. So most of the world's plastic pollution comes from China. Most of the world's plastic pollution comes from India. I think it's over 90%. So go ahead, go pick up those straws, wear a big sticker that says, I voted, and feel good about yourself. And virtue signal, and tell people you're a good person, imply that you're a good person. I don't know, get some big rimmed glasses, some caked on makeup, go vote blue no matter who, or be uh, you know a moderate conservative and go down there and you know help people out with uh, you know cleaning things up in the in the, the, the seedy part of towns. And if you don't get stabbed or shot or raped or tortured or just outright murdered in the street in a lot of these cities because you can't have a gun or anything to defend yourself, that's about to change, though, thank God, to the Supreme Court. Um, uh, you can, uh, again, I, I guess it doesn't matter because China's not going to fix any of their problems and they're making the situation that we're told exists a lot worse. And we're not even allowed to ask why China doesn't have to participate. I mean, hell, this was in the news this week. Despite COP26 rhetoric, China's coal production is hitting all-time highs. Then again, I can't even blame China because coal nowadays with new technologies is cleaner than a lot of other material. So, sure, use coal. I, well, what's the big deal with coal? People are so concerned about coal. And then, and then it's like the other way. It's like Republicans say, well, we had energy independence under Trump. Yeah, you had fracking. You were poisoning the ground, poisoning the water, poisoning the animals, poisoning the fish, poisoning the humans, poisoning everything. Why? Why would you do that? There is technology to do so much more than fracking. And it's like, I, I don't agree. That's the one thing I'll agree with Democrats. Fracking is an absolute disaster. But it creates jobs. Well, there's a lot of other things that create jobs, too. I, I hate that argument. It creates jobs, or we're going after the 1%, or we're going... It's all rhetoric. Don't, don't you recognize that by now? It's all rhetoric. It's a big scam. It, it, it's all fake. None of it's real. The, the COP26 climate summit had hundreds of trillions of dollars in assets and wealth represented, and all of that doesn't add up to what Bank of America estimated would be the total cost of the Green New Deal or the Green New Great Reset or whatever you want to call it. 
And that's just what they want globally. In the United States, they've got a $1.85 trillion bill that's being picked apart still. And inside that bill is a provision, along with other bills, including the Recovery Act for COVID, the American Rescue Plan Act, provisions for the IRS to monitor your bank accounts to collect maybe $120 billion, you know, conservatively estimated over the next 10 years, as if that's going to pay for $150 trillion, if that's going to pay for even a trillion dollars. These numbers aren't even comprehensible. Pretty soon they're going to be telling us they want they want 100 quadrillion, kajillion, badillion dollars, and we're just going to be like, yeah, sure, I'll work 100 hours a week in a sweatshop to pay for that if it means that black people are equal. I mean, my God. And that same COPS 26 summit, Hundreds of millions of pounds this thing cost. The security, the meals, I'm sure the eyes wide shut parties, okay? Boris Johnson in there with his hair flapping around just banging away, right? Biden's in there taking a nap, you know, $50,000 for a plate of food. Hookers, prostitutes, male, female, whatever you want. Big, big eyes wide shut orgy. And that's really an appropriate name because most of the world's eyes are completely shut to what's going on. You know, I started thinking about tonight's show as a show on things like, uh, you know, supply chain issues. And that expanded to the IRS. And then I thought, why is the IRS doing this? Why are big banks opposed to the IRS looking into people's bank accounts? Big banks don't care about that. Then you realize, oh, big banks want that same power and that same control. They want to control the information, just like big oil wants all this green new climate change stuff. Oh, and don't forget about the uh, J.P. Morgan Chase banks shutting down because of the pandemic last year. And people began losing their jobs and people continue to lose their jobs. They don't want to go back to work because of the universal basic income. So the federal government said, hey, let's have a digital wallet and let's have everything done digitally with our finances. And money's bad. Money's dangerous. And so a digital wallet, a digital dollar, everything controlled by a central banking system like the Treasury nominee said, the central bank, the Fed will control everything. I mean, You have to see how all of this comes together. Bank of America says $150 trillion to fight climate change. The United States says we're going to need about $2 trillion, somewhere around there. And uh, the hundreds of trillions of dollars in assets with the big banks, insurers, and investors, that money won't even come close to paying for it. Even if you liquidated all of Apple, Apple would barely pay for, you know, uh, half of this so-called infrastructure bill in the United States. Apple's worth a trillion dollars. It wouldn't even pay for half of this bill or just about half of this bill. What does that tell you? I'm not upset that Apple makes a lot of money. I'm not upset these people make a lot of money. I'm upset that you're telling me that they can't make a lot of money because that tells me I'm not allowed to make a lot of money. I'm not allowed to go out and to make something, to invest in something. I'm told that I need to be quiet, take my universal basic income, don't travel, don't talk to other human beings, don't shake hands, don't have kids, don't have a family, and bow down and kneel to the authoritative, technocratic, medical tyranny that is the Great Reset the Green New Deal, and the infamous. It's here, ladies and gentlemen, New World Order. I'm Ryan Gable. This is The Secret Teachings. Thank you so much for listening to the broadcast tonight. I hope that you got a different perspective. I hope that you don't think that it's political. I hope that you don't see it as left or right. I hope that you see it as right down the center, right through the five-hole goal. 
That's my intention. Go to the website, www.thesecretteachings.info, www.thesecretteachings.info. Subscribe to the show. Excuse me. Subscribe to the show. Grab a copy of one of my books. When you subscribe for one year, you get access to all of the information. Plus, you'll get a free copy of one of my books. Or check us out on Patreon. We have a lot of options there, including a subscription archive bundle. You'll get some additional stuff with that, including the behind the scenes. That's Patreon, and that's thesecretteachings.info. My books, Occult Arcana, Food Philosophy, and The Technological Elixir. Check them out on the website. Physical and digital copies, free shipping in the United States. These are all the ways that you can support us. If you have questions, rdgable at yahoo.com. Thank you to all of you who donated to the Escape from New York Fund. We've made a few hundred dollars now. It is massive. It is huge. Whether $10 or $25 or Colin Ingersoll donated $81. Jacob Atkinson donated $165 with books. That's what keeps us on air. Keep supporting us. Stay safe, stay informed, stay healthy. We'll talk to you on the next broadcast. But don't worry. You can still catch us Monday through Friday right here exclusively on the Fringe FM. You can also subscribe to the show and montage archive while grabbing my books at thesecretteachings.info. To get in contact with us, you can email the show at rdgable at yahoo.com. Stay tuned to KTLK Digital Broadcasting, The Fringe FM.